Act Two of Dandy Dick by Arthur Wing Pinero. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two The Same Place Evening. The morning room at the deanery, with the fire and the lamps lighted. It is after dinner. Sheba is playing the piano, Salome lolling upon the settee and georgiana pouring out tea they are in evening dress sugar sally i call you sally salome the evening's too short for your name all right aunt george two lumps please georgiana to sheba little on two lumps and one in the saucer to eat quite a relief to shake off the gentleman isn't it do you think so aunt oh i don't think so Hmm. Now I understand why my foot was always in the way under the dinner table. She holds out two cups, which the girls take from her. I thought the dinner was an overwhelming success. All our dinners are at the deanery. Awfully jolly. Mutton was overdone. That's our new cook's one failing. But the potatoes weren't. They rattled. Cook never can manage potatoes what was wrong with the custards well it was cook's first attempt at custards however they served one useful end now we know the chimney wants sweeping but it was a frightfully jolly dinner take it all round yes take it all round one has to take things all round what made us all so sad and silent taking us all round dear papa was as lively as an owl with neuralgia major tarver isn't a conversational cracker gerald tarver has no liver to speak of he might have spoken about his lungs or something to cheer us up i fancy mr darby was about to make a witty remark once yes and then the servant handed him a dish and he shied at it so we lost that still we ought to congratulate ourselves upon upon a upon a upon a <laughs> upon a frightfully jolly dinner taking her betting book from her pocket excuse me girls i've some figures to work out if dandy dick hasn't fared better at the swan than we have at the deanery he won't be in the first three reckoning let me see salome to sheba all settled sheba isn't it yes everything Directly the house is silent, we let ourselves out at the front door. How do we get in again? By this window. It has a patent safety fastening, so it can be opened with a hairpin. We're courageous girls, aren't we? Yes, I don't consider we're ordinary young ladies at all. If we had known Aunt a little longer, we might have confided in her and taken her with us. Poor Aunt. We mustn't spoil her. Darby, speaking outside. I venture to differ with you, my dear Dean here come the waxworks she joins the girls as darby enters through the library patronizing the dean who accompanies him ha i've just been putting the dean right about a little army question mrs uh, mrs i can't catch your name <laughs> don't try you'd come out in spots like measles darby stands by her blankly then attempts a conversation the dean to salome and sheba children 
it is useless to battle against it much longer against what papa a feeling of positive distaste for mr darby oh papsy think what wellington was at his age major tarver enters pale and haggard salome meets him major oh not well again indigestion i'm always like this after dinner but what would you do if the trumpet summoned you to battle oh i suppose i should pack up a few charcoal biscuits and toddle out you know georgiana to darby i've never studied the army guide you're thinking of the turf guide beg pardon i mean the army keeps a string of trained nurses doesn't it there are army nurses certainly i was wondering whether your colonel will send one with a perambulator to fetch you at about half-past eight. She leaves Darby and goes to the dean. Sheba joins Darby at the piano. Well, Gus, my boy, you seem out of condition. I'm rather anxious for the post to bring today's times. You know I've offered a thousand pounds to our restoration fund. What? Hush, I'll tell you. They talk in undertones. Blore enters to remove the tea tray. Tava, jumping up excitedly, to Salome. Hey, oh, certainly, delighted. Singing to himself. Come into the garden ward for the black bat. Now you yourself again. I'm always dreadfully excited when I'm asked to sing. It's as good as a carbonate of soda lozenge to me to be asked to sing. To Blore. My music is in my overcoat pocket. Blore crosses to the door. And Mr. Darby has brought his violin. Tava, in a rage, glaring at Darby. Ah, there now. Darby to Blore. You'll find it in the hall. Blore goes out. The dean dozes in a chair. Salome and Sheba talk to Georgiana at the table. Tava to himself. He always presumes with his confounded fiddle when I'm going to entertain. He knows that his fiddle's never hoarse, and that I am, sometimes darby to himself tarver always tries to cut me out with his elderly chest c he ought to put it on the retired list i'll sing him off his legs tonight i mean lovely voice he walks into the library and is heard trying his voice singing come into the garden maud darby to himself he needn't bother himself while he was dozing in the carriage i threw his music out of the window Tava re-enters triumphantly. Blore re-enters, carrying a violin case and the leather music roll. Darby takes the violin case, opens it, and produces his violin and music. Blore hands the music roll to Tava and goes out. Tava to Salome, trembling with excitement. My tones are like a beautiful bell this evening. I'm so glad for all our sakes as he takes the leather music roll from Blore. Thank you. That's it. What will you begin with? Coming to the garden, Maud. I've begun with coming to the garden, Maud, for years and years. He opens the music roll. It is empty. Oh, Miss Jade, I've forgotten my music. Oh, Major Tarver. Oh. Tarver, with a groan of despair, sinks onto the settee. Never mind. Mr. Darby will play. 
Darby, tuning his violin. Will you accompany me? Sheba, raising her eyes. To the end of the world. She sits at the piano. My mother says that my bowing is something like Joachim's, and she ought to know. Why? Oh, because she's heard Joachim. Darby plays, and Sheba accompanies him. Salome sits beside Tava. Georgiana to herself. Well, after all, George, my boy, you're not stabled in such a bad box. Here is a regular, pure, simple English evening at home. The dean mumbling to himself. A thousand pounds to the restoration fund and all those bills to settle. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. What shall I do? Salome to herself. I hope my ball dress will drive all the other women mad. Tava to himself, glaring at Darby. I feel I should like to corrupt him with his best string. Georgiana, frowning at her betting book. I think I shall hedge a bit over the crumbly stakes. Darby, as he plays, glancing at Tava. I wonder how old Tarver's chest sea likes a holiday. Sheba, as she plays. We must get Pa to bed early. Dear Papa's always so dreadfully in the way. Georgiana, looking around. <sighs> no, there's nothing like it in any other country. A regular, pure, simple English evening at home. Bloor enters quickly, cutting the times with the paper knife as he enters. The paper's just arrived. The music stops abruptly. All the ladies glare at Bloor and hush him down. Shh! The dean, taking the paper from Bloor. This is my fault. There may be something in the times of special interest to me. Thank you, Bloor. Bloor goes out. Ha, ha, ha! Spoils his pianissimo. The dean, scanning the paper. Oh, I can't believe it! What's the matter? Papa! Papa! The dean? The dean! Children, Georgiana, friends, my munificent offer has produced the desired result. Oh! Seven wealthy people, including three brewers, have come forward with a thousand pounds apiece in aid of the restoration of the Minster Spire. Oh! That means a cool thousand out of your pocket, Gus. Yes. Reading? The anxiety to which the Dean of St. Marvels has so long been a victim will now doubtless be relieved. With his hand to his head. I suppose I shall feel the relief tomorrow. What's wrong with the spire? Nobody sleeps in it. It is a little out of repair, but hardly sufficiently so as to warrant the presumptuous interference of three brewers. Excuse me, I think I'll enjoy the fresh air for a moment. He goes to the window and draws back the curtains. A bright red glare is seen in the sky. Bless me! Look there! Oh! oh what's what's that? that? It's a conflagration! Salome, clinging to Tava. Where is it? Are we safe? Sheba, clinging to Darby. Where is it? Are we safe? Where is it? Bloor enters with a scared look. The dean to Bloor. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? The old swan inn's a fire. The gate bell is heard ringing violently in the distance. Bloor goes out. Georgiana uttering a loud screech. The swan inn. You girls, get me a hat and coat. 
somebody fetch me a pair of boots salome sheba and tava go to the window georgiana don't talk to me to tava lend me your boots i didn't if i once got cold extremities <sighs> she's going the dean stops her respect yourself georgiana where are you going going i'm going to help clear the stables at the swan remember what you are my sister a lady i'm not george tid's a man every inch of her sir tristram rushes in breathlessly georgiana rushes at him and clutches his coat tris marden speak sir tristram exhausted <sighs> the horse the horse you've got him out you're safe and sound <sighs> safe and sound that old horse has backed himself to win the handicap she sinks into a chair tava and darby with salome and sheba stand looking out of the window george his tail is singed a bit <laughs> the less wait for him to carry to-morrow oh, oh dear old dandy he never was much to look at the worst of it is the fools threw two pails of cold water over him to put it out oh that's done him now my dear georgiana what is a horse a living example to a dean the dean goes distractedly into the library where is the animal my man hatcham is running him up and down the lane here to try to get him warm again where are you going to put the homeless beast up now i don't know georgiana starting up i do though madwoman what are you going to do bring dandy dick into our stables no no the very place georgiana pray consider me so i will when you've had two pails of water thrown over you the dean walks about in despair Martin, i appeal to you oh dean dean i'm ashamed of you georgiana to sir tristram are you ready sir tristram takes off his coat and throws it over georgiana's shoulders george you're a brick <laughs> a brick am i quietly to him one partner pulls dandy out of the swan the other leads dandy into the deanery quits my lad they go out together what is happening to me it will be in all the sporting papers sir tristran marden's dandy dick reflected great credit upon the deanery stables the sporting dean he walks into the library where he sinks into a chair as salome tava darby and sheba come from the window they're getting the flames under if i'd had my galoshes with me i should have been here there and everywhere where there's a crowd of civilians the military exercise a wide discretion in restraining themselves sheba to tava and darby you had better go now then we'll get the house quiet as soon as possible poor papa looks worried poor, poor papa. papa we will wait with the carriage in the lane yes yes calling papa major tava and mr darby must go she rings the bell the dean comes from the library dear me i'm very remiss tava shaking hands 
most fascinating evening darby shaking hands charming my dear dean bloor enters major tarver's carriage at the gate miss salome don't risk the cold papa bloor goes out followed by sheba salome and tarver darby is going when he returns to the dean by the by my dear dean come over and see me we ought to know more of each other say monday the dean restraining his anger i will not say monday any time you like oh and i say let me know when you preach and i'll get some of our fellows to give their patronage he goes out the dean closing the door after him with a bang another moment another moment and i fear i should have been violently rude to him a guest under my roof he walks up to the fireplace and stands looking into the fire as darby having forgotten his violin returns to the room oh blore now understand me if that mr darby ever again presumes to present himself at the deanery i will not see him darby with his violin in his hand haughtily i've come back for my violin goes out with dignity the dean horrified oh mr darby here an explanation mr darby he runs out after darby georgiana and sir tristram enter by the window oh don't be down tris my boy cheer up lad he'll be fit yet bar a chill <laughs> he knew me he knew me when i kissed his dear old nose he'd be a fool of a horse if he didn't feel deuced flattered at that he's no fool he knows he's in the deanery too did you see him cast up his eyes and lay his ears back when i let him in oh george george it's such a pity about his tail georgiana cheerily ah oh, not it you watch his head to-morrow that'll come in first hatcham a groom looks in at the window are you there sir what is it i just run round to tell you that dandy is a feedin as steady as a baby with a bottle don't you close your eyes all night not me mum and i've got hold of the constable here mr topping he's going to sit up with me for company's sake a constable yes sir tristram coming forward mysteriously why bless you and the lady sir supposing the fire at the swan weren't no accident eh supposin it were incinderism and supposin our oyse was the object good gracious that's why i ain't going to watch single-handed get back then get back sir tristram and georgiana pace up and down excitedly right sir there's only one mortal fear i've got about our dandy what's that he hasn't found out about his tail yet sir and when he does it'll fret him as sure as my name's bob hatcham keep the stable pitch dark he mayn't notice it not to-night sir but he's a proud horse and what'll he think of himself on the ill to-morrow you and me and the lady sir it'd be different with us but how's our dandy to hide his bereavement hatcham goes out of the window with sir tristram as the dean enters followed by bloor who carries a lighted lantern the dean looking reproachfully at georgiana you have returned georgiana 
yes thank you and that animal in our stables safe and snug oh you can sleep to-night with the happy consciousness of having sheltered the outcast we're locking up now the poor children exhausted with the alarm beg me to say good-night for them the fire is quite extinguished yes sir but i hear they've just sent into durnston asking for the military to watch the ruins in case of another outbreak it'll stop the wicked ball at the hathenium it will drawing the window curtains sir tristram having re-entered i suppose you want to see the last of me jed martin don't be unkind tris where shall we stow the dear old chap gus my boy where shall we stow the dear old chap i really don't know let me see we don't want to pitch you out of your loft if we can help it gus no no we won't do that don't consider me in this manner but there's sheba's little cot still standing in the old nursery just the thing for me the old nursery the old nursery <laughs> toys to play with if you wake early the dean looking round is there anyone else before we lock up blore has fastened the window and drawn the curtain put sir tristram to bed carefully in the nursery blore sir tristram grasping the dean's hand good night old boy i'm too done for a hand of piquet to-night i never play cards sir tristram slapping him on the back i'll teach you during my stay at the deanery the dean helplessly to himself then he's staying with me good night george <laughs> good night partner heaven bless the little innocent in his cot sir tristram goes out with blore georgiana calling after him tris you may take your pipe up with you we smoke all over the deanery the dean to himself i never smoke does she georgiana closes the door humming a tune merrily -la 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 -la. now mr tid we'll toddle -la 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 -la. she stops looking at the dean who is muttering to himself gus i don't like your looks i shall let the vet see you in the morning what's wrong with you the dean shakes his head mournfully and sinks on the settee money there are bills which at a more convenient time it will be my grateful duty to discharge and you're short short stumped out of coin run low what'll square the bills very little would settle the bills but but i know the spire why gus you haven't got that thousand there is a very large number of estimable worthy men who do not possess a thousand pounds with that number i have the mournful pleasure of enrolling myself when's the settling day eh when will you have to fork out unless the restoration is immediately commenced the spire will certainly crumble hmm then it's a match between you and the spire which parts first gus will you let your little sister lend you a hand my dear georgiana impossible <laughs> no no not out of my own pocket come here 
she takes his arm and whispers in his ear can you squeeze a pair of ponies can i what can you raise fifty pounds certainly more than fifty pounds no no don't be rash that's the worst of you beginners only fifty by tomorrow morning most assuredly very well then clap it onto dandy dick what he's a certainty if those two buckets of water haven't put him off it he's a moral if he doesn't think of his tail coming down the hill there's nothing like him at the weight keep it dark gus don't breathe a word to any of your canons or archdeacons or they'll rush at it and shorten the price for us go in gus my boy take your poor widowed sister's tip and sleep as peacefully as a blessed baby she presses him warmly to her and kisses him the dean extricating himself oh mrs titman go to your room augustine in the morning i will endeavour to frame some verbal expression of the horror with which i regard your proposal for the present you are my parent's child and i trust your bed is well aired oh very well augustine i've done all i can for the spire bonsoir old boy good night if you're wiser in the morning just send blore on to the course and he'll put the money on for you blore my poor devoted old servant would be lost on a race course <laughs> would he he was quite at home in tattersall ring when i was at st marvel's last summer blore blore i recognized the veteran sportsman the moment i came into the deanery what was my butler doing at st marvel's races blore enters with his lantern <laughs> investing the savings of your cook and housemaid of course you don't think your servants are as narrow as you are oh i beg your pardon sir shall i go the round sir the dean gives blore a fierce look but blore beams sweetly blore mum breakfast at nine sharp and pack a hamper with a cold chicken some french rolls and two bottles of heidseek label it george tid and send it on to the hill i'll stand the racket good night she goes out the dean sinks into a chair and clasps his forehead a oh dear high-spirited lady leaning over the dean aren't you well sir serpent me and me sir lock up i'll speak to you in the morning lock up blore goes into the library turns out the lamp there and disappears what dreadful wave threatens to engulf the deanery what has come to us in a few fatal hours a horse of sporting tendencies contaminating my stables his equally vicious owner nestling in the nursery and my own widowed sister in all probability smoking a cigarette at her bedroom window with her feet on the window ledge listening what's that he peers through the window curtains i thought i heard footsteps in the garden i can see nothing only the old spire standing out against the threatening sky leaving the window shudderingly the spire my principal creditor my principal creditor the most conspicuous object in the city blore re-enters with his lantern carrying some banknotes in his hand blore laying the notes on the table i found these sir on your dressing-table 
They are banknotes, sir. The dean, taking the notes. Thank you. I placed them there to be sent to the bank tomorrow. Counting the notes. Ten, ten, twenty, five, five, fifty. Fifty pounds. The very sum Georgiana urged me to... Oh! To Bloor, waving him away. Leave me. Go to bed. Go to bed. Go to bed. Bloor is going. Bloor! Sir? What made you tempt me with these at such a moment? Tempt you, sir? The window was open, and I feared they might blow away. The dean, catching him by the coat-collar. Man, what were you doing at St. Marvel's races last summer? Bloor, with a cry, falling on his knees. Oh, sir! Oh, sir! I knew that I, spirited lady, would bring grief and sorrow to peaceful, happy deanery. Oh, sir, I have done a little on my own account from time to time on the ill, also on the commission for the kitchen. I knew it! I knew it! Oh, sir, you are an old gentleman. Turn a charitable art to the races. It is a vicious institution which spends more ready money at same marvels than us good people do in a year. Get up, Bloor, get up! Oh, Edward Bloor, Edward Bloor, what weak creatures we are! We are, sir, we are, especially when we've got a tip, sir. Think of the temptation of a tip, sir. I do, Bloor, I do. I confess everything, sir. Bonnie Betsy's bound for to win the handicap. No, no, she isn't. She is, sir. I know better. She can never get down the hill with those legs of hers. She can, sir. What's to beat her? The horse in my stable, Dandy Dick. Dandy Dick? That old bit of my organy, sir. They are laying ten to one against him. The dean, with hysterical eagerness. Are they? I'll take it. I'll take it. Lord love you, sir. For how much? Fifty. Here's the money. Impulsively, he cramps the notes into Bloor's hand, and then recoils in horror. Oh! Sinks into a chair with a groan. Bloor, in a whisper. Lord, who'd have thought the dean was such an ardent sportsman at heart? He doesn't give me my notice after this. To the dean. Of course, it's understood, sir, that we keep our little weaknesses dark. Outwardly, sir, we remain respectable, and are ope-respected. Putting the notes into his pocket. I wish you good night, sir. He walks to the door. The dean makes an effort to recall him, but fails. And their own man has been my pattern and example for years and years. Oh, Edward Bloor, your hider was shattered. Turning to the dean. Good night, sir. May your dreams be calm and happy, and may you have a good run for your money. Bloor goes out. The dean gradually recovers his self-possession. I... I am upset tonight, Bloor. Of course, you leave this day month. I... I... Looking round. Bloor, he's gone. If I don't call him back, the spire may be richer tomorrow by five hundred pounds. I won't dwell on it. I'll read. I'll read. Snatches a book at haphazard from the bookshelf. 
there is the sound of falling rain and distant thunder rain thunder how it assimilates with the tempest of my mind i'll read bless me this is very strange reading the horse and its ailments by john cox m r c v s it was with the aid of this volume that i used to doctor my poor old mare at oxford a leaf turned down reading simple remedies for chills the bolus the helpless beast in my stable is suffering from a chill good gracious if i allow blore to risk my fifty pounds on dandy dick surely it would be advisable to administer this bolus to the poor animal without delay referring to the book hastily i have these drugs in my chest there's not a moment to be lost going to the bell and ringing i shall want help i'll fetch my medicine chest he lays the book upon the table and goes into the library blore enters blore looking round where is he the bell rang the dean's puzzling me with his uncommon behaviour that is the dean comes from the library carrying a large medicine chest on encountering blore he starts and turns away his head the picture of guilt blore i feel it would be a humane act to administer to the poor ignorant animal in my stable a simple bolus as a precaution against chill i rely upon your aid and discretion in ministering to any guest in the deanery blore in a whisper i see sir you ain't going to lose half a chance for tomorrow sir you're a known one sir as the saying goes the dean shrinking from blore with a groan oh he places the medicine chest on the table and takes up the book handing the book to blore with his finger on a page fetch these humble but necessary articles from the kitchen quick i'll mix the bolus here blore goes out quickly it is exactly seven and twenty years since i last approached a horse medically he takes off his coat and lays it on the chair then rolls his shirt-sleeves up above his elbows and puts on his glasses i trust this bolus will not give the animal an unfair advantage over his competitors i don't desire that i don't desire that blore enters carrying a tray on which are a small flour-barrel and rolling-pin a white china basin a carafe of water a napkin and a book the dean recoils then guiltily takes the tray from lore and puts it on the table thank you blore holding on to the window-curtain and watching the dean his eyes is awful i don't seem to know of a happy deanery when i see such proceedings a-going on at the dead of night there is a heavy roll of thunder the dean mixes a pudding and stirs it with the rolling-pin the old half-forgotten time returns to me i am once again a promising youth at college blore to himself one would think by his looks that he was going to poison his family instead of poison poison oh if anything serious happened to the animal in our stable there would be nothing in the way of bonnie betsy the deserving also i've trusted with my ardour and savings i am walking once again in the old streets of oxford avoiding the shops where i owe my youthful bills bills he pounds away vigorously with the rolling-pin blore to himself where's the stuff i got a month ago to destroy the whole black retriever that fell ill bills the dog died the poison's in my pantry it couldn't have got used for cooking purposes 
I see the broad meadows and the tall spire of the college. The spire. Oh, my whole life seems made up of bills and spires. Bloor, to himself. I'll do it. I'll do it. Unseen by the dean, he quickly and quietly steals out by the door. Where are the drugs? The drugs! Opening the medicine chest and bending down over the bottles, he pours some drops from a bottle into the basin. Counting. Three, four, five, six. He replaces the bottle and takes another. How fortunate some animals are. Counting. One, two, three, four. It's done. Taking up the medicine chest, he goes with it into the library. As he disappears, Bloor re-enters stealthily, fingering a small paper packet. Bloor, in a whisper. Strychnine. There's a heavy roll of thunder. Bloor darts to the table, empties the contents of the packet into the basin, and stirs vigorously with the rolling pin. I've cooked Dandy Dick. Oh, I've cooked Dandy Dick. He moves from the table in horror. Oh, I'm only an amateur sportsman. And I can't afford uncertainty. As the dean returns, Bloor starts up guiltily. Can I help you any more, sir? No, remove these dreadful things, and don't let me see you again tonight. Sits with the basin on his knees and proceeds to roll the paste. Bloor, removing the tray. It's only an horse. It's only an horse. But after tomorrow I'll retire from the turf, if only to reclaim him. He goes out. The dean, putting on his coat. I don't contemplate my humane task with resignation. The stable is small, and if the animal is restive, we shall be cramped for room. The rain is heard. I shall get a chill, too. Seeing Sir Tristram's coat and cap lying upon the settee. I am sure Marden will lend me this gladly. Putting on the coat, which completely envelops him. The animal may recognize the garment, and receive me with kindly feelings putting on the sealskin cap, which almost conceals his face. Ugh! Why do I feel this dreadful sinking at the heart? Taking the basin and turning out the lamp. Oh! If all followers of the veterinary science are as truly wretched as I am, what a noble band they must be! The thunder rolls as he goes through the window curtains. Sir Tristram then enters quietly, smoking and carrying a lighted candle. All right. Fire still burning? Blowing out the candle. I shall doze here till daybreak. What a night! I never thought there was so much thunder in these small country places. Georgiana, looking pale and agitated, and wearing a dressing gown, enters quickly, carrying an umbrella and a lighted candle. Which is the nearer way to the stable? I must satisfy myself. I must. I must. Going to the door. Sir Tristram, rising suddenly. Hello? <gasps> Hush. Georgiana, holding out her umbrella. Stand where you are or I'll fire. Recognizing Sir Tristram. <sighs> Tris. Why, George? Oh, Tris, I've been dreaming falling helplessly against Sir Tristram, who deposits her in a chair. Oh, 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 
don't look at me i'm overtrained i shall be on my legs again in a minute <sighs> she opens her umbrella and hides herself behind it sobbing violently sir tristram standing over the umbrella in great concern my goodness george whatever shall i do shall i trot you up and down outside <laughs> be quiet what are you fooling about here for why can't you lie quietly in your cot confound that cot why it wouldn't hold my photograph where are you going into the stable to sit with dandy the thunder's awful in my room when it gets tired it seems to sit down on my particular bit of roof i did doze once and then i had a frightful dream i dreamt that dandy had sold himself to a circus and that they were hooting him because he had lost his tail there's an omen don't don't be a man george be a man georgiana shutting her umbrella i know i'm dreadfully effeminate there tids himself again bravo ah tris don't think me soft old man i'm a lonely unlucky woman and the tail end of this horse is all that's left me in the world to love and to cling to no by jove i'm not such a mean cur as that swap halves and take his head george my boy oh not i i'm like a doting mother to my share of dandy and it's all the dearer because it's an invalid i'm off come along turning towards the window she following him he suddenly stops and looks at her and seizes her hand george i never guessed that you were so tender-hearted well i'm not and you've robbed me tonight of an old friend a pal i what do you mean i mean that i seem to have dropped the acquaintance of george tinder squire forever tris no i have but i've got an introduction to his twin sister georgiana georgiana snatching her hand away angrily stay where you are i'll nurse my half alone she goes towards the window then starts back hush what's the matter didn't you hear something where georgiana pointing to the window there sir tristram peeping through the curtains you're right some people moving about the garden tris the horse they're not near the stables they're coming in here hush we'll clear out and watch sir tristram takes the candlestick and they go out leaving the room in darkness the curtains at the window are pushed aside and salome and sheba enter both in their fancy dresses salome in a rage lighting the candles on the mantelpiece oh 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 no ball after all if we only had a brother to avenge us i shall try and borrow a brother to-morrow cold wretched splashed in debt for nothing to think that we've had all the inconvenience of being wicked and rebellious and have only half done it this comes of stooping to the military it serves us right we've been trained for clergymen's wives 
I hate Nugent Darby. I hope he may grow bald early. General Tarver's nose is inclined to pink. May it deepen and deepen till it frightens cows. Voices are heard from the curtained window recess. Darby, outside. Miss Jed. Sheba. Tarver, outside. Pray here to wretched men, Miss Jed. Salome, in a whisper. There they are. Shall we grant them a dignified interview? Yes. Curl your lip, Sheba. You curl your lip better than I. I'll dilate my nostrils. Salome draws aside the curtain. Tarver and Darby enter. They are both very badly and shabbily dressed as cavaliers. Tarver, a most miserable object, carrying a carriage umbrella. Oh, don't reproach us, Miss Jid. It isn't our fault that the military were summoned to St. Marvel's. You don't blame officers and gentlemen for responding to the sacred call of duty. We blame officers for subjecting two motherless girls to the shock of alighting at the Durnstone Athenium to find a notice on the front door. Ball knocked on the head. Viva Regina. We blame gentlemen for inflicting upon us the unspeakable agony of being jeered at by boys. I took the address of the boy who suggested that we should call again on the 5th of November. It's on the back of your admission card. Everything will be done. We shall both wait on the boy's mother for an explanation. Oh, smile on us once again, Miss Jed. A forced hollow smile, if you will. Only smile, Salome. Georgiana enters. Salome. Sheba. Aunt. You bad girls. Salome, weeping. No, Aunt, no. Not bad, Aunt. Trustful and confiding. Georgiana, advancing to Tarver. How dare you encourage these two simple children to enjoy themselves? How dare you take them out without their aunt? Do you think I can't keep a thing quiet? They didn't even ask Papa's permission. Poor Papa. Poor dear Papa. Georgiana, shaking Tava. I'm speaking to you, Field Marshal. Madam, you are addressing an invalid. We shall be happy to receive your representative in the morning. At present, we are on duty. On heavy duty? Guarding the ruins of the Swan Inn. You mustn't distract our attention. Guarding the ruins of the Swan, are you? Calling. Tris! Sir Tristram! Sir Tristram appears. Tris, I'm a feeble woman, but I hope I have a keen sense of right and wrong. Run these outsiders into the road, and let them guard their own ruins. Salome and Sheba shriek, and throw themselves at the feet of Tava and Darby, clinging to their legs. Ah! No, no, spare him! You shall not harm a hair of their heads! Sir Tristram twists Tava's wig round, so that it covers his face. The gate-bell is heard ringing violently. What's, What's that? that? It will wake Papa! Stop the bell! Georgiana runs to the door and opens it. Salome to Tava and Darby. Fly! Tava and Darby disappear through the curtains at the window. Sheba falling into Salome's arms. We have saved them. Oh, Tris, your man from the stable. Hatcham! Georgiana calling. Hatcham! Hatcham, carrying the basin with the bolus, runs in breathlessly, followed by Bloor. Oh! Sir Tristram! What, what is, is it? it? 
the villain that set fire to the swan sir in the act of administering a dose to the oars ah nobbling our dandy where is the scoundrel topping the constable's collared him sir he's taken him in a cart to the lock-up oh blore in agony they've got the dean end of the second act